Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Wild Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Weekend night in our household. Tape this on Saturday night. We've got the kids in bed early. Yeah, yeah. And we said, let's do a podcast. It's a pleasure to be relaxing, chilling here at 8.30. This is our date nights because we got three kids. We don't go out, but it's a chance for us to open up a bottle of wine and sit on what, what? Our new couch. This is the longest I've sat on it, and it will be the longest by the end of this episode. Hello, folks. It's episode 71 of The Long Finish. Thanks to everyone for sticking with us. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, please do it. Get our kids excited. We'd love to hear from you via some reviews, ratings, subscriptions. Got a fun wine tonight. We're kind of kicking into a little bit of crispness in the air here, even in Southern California. It's the fall season. It's when Catherine and I get into some red wines. We got a great one for tonight. Super excited about this wine. This is the Francois Chedin Terrain Gamay Vintage 2020. So fresh and easy totally makes me think of fall but not too heavy i am loving this wine and from one of my favorite producers in the loire valley we got some stories about this producer which we'll get into later in the episode i'm being very careful drinking this wine because we have a new couch this week this is what's going on in our world i'm sitting so we look so (laughs) uncomfortable if you came and looked at us right now we're like sitting on the edge like hovering on this thing that is just meant to be laid on and plush folks we ordered a couch for our new home that you all know about we ordered this couch maybe back in april may april or may yeah and they told us as i'm I'm sure all of you are experiencing this in some ways if you were buying a textile or anything if you're buying anything during the pandemic there was some back order so they said you can order whatever you want it's not gonna be ready for five months so we bought this sofa and they said we'll see you in september or october well, it finally arrived, and we're scared because we had the choice to go ahead and buy. We have three kids. Everyone knows this. Do we want to buy like a slip? What's it called? A slip? A couch slip cover. A, yeah, slip cover. A slip cover. Do we want to buy something with like um? What's the umbrella? Sunbrella? Some sort of child protective? Do we want to put plastic on it like some of our older relatives used to do? We're just going for it. We're just going for the sofa that we want to live on, and we're very very scared. With with uh, the remedies ready, with all the stain remedies at hand. Well, these days, I'm telling you, if you have YouTube, you can like concoct a stain remover out of like what you have in the cupboard, and it works nine times out of ten. I got really good at that at our old place because we had a carpet. I got really good at it. If you lived in the 80s and 90s, you remember the show MacGyver. MacGyver is probably out of luck now because YouTube like really in, ruins his sort of level of expertise. Yeah, he probably <laughs> he should be like the mascot of YouTube. Yeah, they're like he's like I'm gonna turn this uh, stain remover from like th- these magical ingredients, and they're like, Nah, too late. We already did it. We saw it on YouTube. Don't worry about it, MacGyver. Take a seat. Real easy, real easy minute and 23 <laughs> video to just crush his years on the television. So we're very nervous. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat here, not waiting to drink. I'm not going to drink any wine around this sofa. Knowing that probably between the time we tape this and the time it airs, 
One of our kids will have ruined the sofa. Well, kids already got chalk on it. They already brought chalk in from outside. But you learned how to get chalk out of the sofa via YouTube, right? That was really easy. Too easy. Well, one kid had a a bloody lip today. Oh, my gosh. And Doug, like, (laughs) ran in like, whoa. It was. It was slow motion. the kid off, and then I went into crisis mode. That's correct. He was about to fall face first into the sofa. I picked him up. I ran him upstairs, and I just took him outside. I didn't want to go outside today because I was watching the Ryder Cup. But I went straight outside. I was like, I care more about the sofa than I do about this Ryder Cup. So... And he's healing. Crisis averted. By tomorrow morning, he should be fine. That's right. What else is going on in our life? Anything else? Anything anything at Esther's that's fun to report? Still going strong. Thanks to everyone for going to Esther's and any sort of local family-run restaurant in the world, frankly. So appreciative of everyone that supported the Rustic Canyon family of restaurants. Esther's is no exception. We are so grateful for all the people who continue to come in despite this ongoing pandemic, despite this Delta variant, despite everything. Thanks for coming in and having a glass of wine, trying out our new wish menu that we've had since summer. That's really fun. And our parklet the like patio that's extended into the street um, that we've put walls around and now have tables and chairs and it's just so fun it's like a nice outdoor vibe I will say the newest news that I am a little bit sad about is that the Rustic Canyon family restaurant Milo SRO is closing which was our go-to for pizza we used to go to once a week and it was by our old place in Santa Monica so we will say a very sad goodbye to that when is that close I think think in the next week we need to get some pizzas yep and just store like like 10 pizzas in the freezer just yeah for a rainy day we will be sad to see that go that's our world now we're just talking about sofas and we've started pizza and and we have our five-year-old is fully immersed in the kindergarten now and he started soccer games which i'm sure a lot of you who are are parents out there have their kids in youth soccer so that's where our saturdays are spent just watching kids chase a ball and not know anything about soccer and just basically huddle together. <laughs> it's really fun. It's a lot more fun than I thought it would be. You know, people were teasing me when I got when we got the minivan. Oh, now you're really a soccer mom. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I'll never be a soccer mom. Or I don't even know what that means. And then now I'm like, well, yeah, I am. This is fun. Like, I really enjoyed being there. And uh, despite myself was just yelling the whole game. <laughs> game at the kids it's impossible not to we're also chasing our two-year-old who who escaped and thankfully some parents found him yeah luckily there's <laughs> lots of parents around that it, that helped him like out of the middle of the parking lot which was great people should know you're not a sports fan so he actually heard a go bow from you so you know you're you're dipping a toe into this world that i grew up in yeah i, I know just, all the kids names now yeah yeah i'm cheering for all the kids rooting hard so pretty, pretty boring, mundane life for the two of us, just trying to survive, cope with three kids. Nothing better to cope with than a great bottle of wine. We've got one tonight, and we kind of want to discuss some red wines, because Catherine, you, as we said in previous podcasts, you and I love sparkling, we love white, rosé, we love to share reds, but we definitely will get into some lighter reds, and this feels like a perfect wine for fall. So let's talk about this wine, and maybe talk about some wines that you think about when you think of wines as the seasons change and we get a sweater weather going what do you think about as far as wines for this new season absolutely and I'm, I'm excited that today was one of those days it was like crisp in the air and I was genuinely excited to like okay what wine are we going to drink for the podcast because I have a few on hand but this really feels so right and I cannot wait to open up a red wine and as you said 
as we've said before, we don't automatically always go to red wine. We go to lighter reds, but this bottle is going to be gone tonight. It's so juicy, easy to drink, and so reminiscent of fall. So this is the Francois Chardin Terrain. That's the area in the Loire that it's from. It's 100% Gamay Vintage 2020. I'm thinking about fall, I think of a little bit heavier reds. So that could be more tannin, that could be more bold fruits, more full-bodied. But I also think of like darker fruit. Like this, although it is Gamay, which is a lighter grape, more in the Pinot, it's kind of in the Pinot Noir world, but with a little bit more tannin, a little more grip. But this has that dark berry fruit instead of that strawberry or raspberry or light bean cherry. This has kind of like a black cherry, black plum, and it's just intensity. There's like a concentration of fruit that just like screams to me colder weather. And there is tannin, like just that rough, dusty tannin, and then a soft, plush mouthfeel after. It's juicy. It's still light. It's got tons of minerality. And I think of foods that I want to eat in fall. And I think of wines that I want to drink with them. I mean, it's pretty much as simple as that. So in fall, we're thinking about my favorite. Wait a second. Are we talking about bean bean stew? (laughs) Yo, bean stew, baby. This is a perfect bean stew wine because, (laughs) because, because, It's got that bright fruit that you want to contrast with like that earthy bean. And then it's got great acidity, but it's still light. It's not heavy. It's not competing with the stew to be heavy wine and heavy soup. But this is soup weather, right? And this is like fall vegetable weather. I'm thinking about squash, thinking about potatoes, thinking about other root vegetables, thinking about Brussels sprouts, thinking about yams, thinking about all those warm, comforting things. And I think about heavier dinners, my favorite roast chicken and pork chops. So again, a heavier red or a darker, intense fruit on that red or more full-bodied whites. Could be Chardonnay, could be Chenin Blanc. We had a Pinot Gris the other night from Alsace. Anything from Alsace is richer and beautiful for fall because it has like lots of fruit that goes with those sweet notes and the sweet vegetables. So think about what you want to eat first when the seasons change and then think about what you want to drink with that. But also, you know, when it's cold out, you want something more warming up your body, comforting. And so again, that's something usually with a little more alcohol or a little more fruit. So again, a fruitier white or a heavier white with oak, or a red that has more tannin and has more fruit. This is kind of like our version of a fall red, because although it is still not too tannic and it's a little bit lighter, it does have that dark fruit. My go-to, my first choice generally is Cabernet Franc, because it is has maybe just a hint more tannin than a Gamay, and it's got that dark fruit that this has, but it also has that bell pepper and spice and forest floor that makes me always think of fall. And actually, this was the theme, Wines for Fall, this was the theme of the Esther's Wine Club this month. And so, yeah, and so I was talking about whites and reds that pair with all these foods. And in the club, club members got a Cabernet Franc and the Savvy Sippers 
got a white wine from Spain that has some richness and roundness to it and a little bit of oak. And then the Adventurers got a ferment sec, a dry wine from Tokai in Hungary that to me mimics Chenin Blanc. Quick aside, you actually went back this week to every month the members of the wine club that live in the area are invited to come to Tester's. And this is the first time you've been back, to my knowledge, since you've had our third kid, right? So, or maybe you went back once before, but yep. but you you know it's nice. It's a nice opportunity for you to go back and see a lot of people that listen to the podcast. Hi, everyone, that are also members of the of the wine club. I love our wine club members, and they are some of my favorite regulars at Esther's. People I love to see. And so last month, yes, I went back for a few hours. This month, I went back for a few hours, but wasn't able to stay the whole time because I still got the baby with me. But Pretty soon, I'll be back the whole night for our pickup party. And it's just my favorite night of the month because I feel like we always start a conversation in the middle of where we left off from last month. Or I know stuff that's going on about in their lives. They know what's going on with me. It's just fun. And then we weave wine into that, which is just like my favorite relationships in my life where you have a conversation, you're talking about your life and then, oh, what is this that we're drinking? We start talking about that. That's like weaving into the conversation. It sort of elevates the moment and you can remember, oh yeah, you remember when you came in two months ago? Yeah, we were drinking that red from Francois Chedain. It was Gamay from Terrain. Oh yeah, that's right. And you said you had the new dog. But <laughs> For me, like wines kind of lock a place in time. And so it's fun to have that. Now, I did want to say something about this amazing producer. I want to hear it. So this is from the Loire Valley, one of my favorite regions in France. And when we were talking about Burgundy a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about our, our trip in 2014. And the first part of that trip I made with my mother to the Loire, which if you've listened to our podcast for a while, you know this because I talk about it all the time. But my Mom and I went to, we drove all the way to the end of the Loire Valley near the area of Pais Nantes and then back to Angers and then through Touraine and then Sancerre and back to back up to Paris. And we visited the wine shop that is run by this producer, Francois Chedin and his wife Manuela. And it's in Touraine, just on a tiny little street, you know, very quaint, and it features tons of fabulous natural producers from the Loire Valley and like sort of the greatest hits of France, but all um, natural producers. And I got to taste the lineup of wines from Francois Chedin, and he makes tons of wines. Now, I'd been drinking these wines for years, so I was so excited to visit, but he is a second generation winemaker in the Loire, took over from his father, Yves, and the state was really going towards organic anyway. He converted to biodynamics. He never drew attention to that really or had it on the bottle or anything. He was just, he's doing it for the land. He's doing it because it's the right thing to do, not for attention, not to sell wine. But now, even now, he is making the wines according to what we in the United States call regenerative agriculture with which we've talked a little bit on this podcast before, but it's like biodynamics in that it's about the whole ecosystem within the vineyard and there's animals and there's cover crops and there's all kinds of life happening in the vineyard, but also there's no tilling, there's no plowing because without disturbing the 
soil, you can sequester CO2, you can sequester carbon in the soil. And he is doing that, which is just phenomenal. The vines are 40 to 80 years old. These are just like fantastic. And they're all in the area of Mont Louis. Mont Louis is just across the river from Vouvray. So you that's the more famous appellation. And until 1937, all the wines in Montlouis were just labeled Vouvray until Montlouis got its own appellation. But Montlouis is, is similar, except that I would say in, in both places, there's clay over tufa soil. But in Montlouis, there's a little more sand and the wines are, the dry wines are a little more zingy. There's just like a little more raciness to them. My wine question of the night for, for some people out there. This is something I learned during my travels with you to France and Italy, but just quick synopsis on how these soils affect wines in general. When when someone's talking to people at a wine tasting or whatever and say these wines are uh, these vines are grown in clay based terroir versus sand, like how is how is clay going to affect the wine? Well, as you get to know different soils and how they affect wine, you realize a lot of it is about heat and water. So clay retains water and can retain heat. So you get bolder wines. That clay in this case is over tufa, which is a version of limestone. Limestone is like magic for wine, as we know. That should be your t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> that with bean stew is limestone is magic. That's a good t-shirt. Limestone is. limestone is magic. And the tufa is really cool. If you've ever seen pictures or Google it, it's just this really white, crumbly looking uh, limestone. And you can see it on these hills in Mont Louis. And you can, any, many, many wineries you go to there or in Samur or different parts of the Loire, you can go into the caves, into the cove of the um, winery, and you'll just see the whole wall is made of this white, chalky stuff. It's really cool. But it's not chalk. It's tufa. It's limestone. Sand, as you were mentioning, well, sand doesn't hold water, right? So there's less water and the wines tend to be leaner, more elegant. Same with limestone. It doesn't like hold the water in the same way. That being said, it's also about what kind of other microbial life is within those. But that's the just basic, simple way I can well, do When it. I first learned about that, I, it really was an eye-opener because you can kind of feel that in the wines in your mouth when you when you hear these wines are, or the, you know, the vines are grown in certain terroir. And so I just thought that was very interesting. I think it's a nice nugget to share. It's a really fun exercise to do to taste wines from two different places that have different soil types. You could do that with Francois Chardin because he does have vines in Mont-Louis and he has vines in Vouvray. I didn't mention this, but it should go without saying, most of his wine is Chenin Blanc. Most of his wine is white wine because that's the main grape in both of these areas, Montlouis and Vouvray. But the whites from Vouvray are more plush and more fruit forward and generous. And the wines from Montlouis are a little bit more vibrant and have a little more zing to them. It's really fun to taste them side by side. One other thing that's kind of fascinating for the wine geeks out there. In 2014, they passed this law that said, if you grow your grapes in Vouvray, but you make them in Mont Louis or you make them anywhere else, you can't label them as Vouvray anymore. Vouvray is putting a kibosh on that. Interesting. So now, even though famous producers like Francois Chardin or Jackie Blot have 
vines that they've tended for years in Vouvray, they have to label them either Loire Valley wine or Vin de France or whatever. They can't label them Vouvray. Wow. So you just kind of have to know that to wow. when you're looking at his all of his wines. Oh, you have to do a little research. That one's in Vouvray. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But Vouvray is more known. People recognize it on the shelf. It has more of a reputation. And so there's more cost associated with that. You know, you can charge more for a wine and they're just, you know, kind of being strict about it. Speaking of shelves and reputation, what is it like to go to a wine store in France that's owned by a producer? Like, did you did you see wines that obviously that you recognize, but you also did open your eyes to wines that you'd never seen before? I mean, what's that look like? Oh, sure. I mean, because he has wines he, I feel and like, Manuela. I feel, like he, I feel like in some ways th- these people that we're talking about tonight, they know like, oh, this person no one really knows about. They make bomb wines. Like, you got to find this person. For sure. I mean, it was like all their friends, basically, in the Loire. And of course, there were wines I didn't know. And I'm like, oh, I should try that. I should try try that. There were wines from all over France that were seemed like I was saying the greatest hits of natural wines and not natural wines in that natty wine sense, but in the just they're really well made wines that don't, you know, put stuff in their wines and they're organically grown and et cetera, et cetera. Now, I will say the cool thing about this, even though he is a fantastic known producer, this wine is not expensive. He has this this range of wines, you know, some we were talking about Mont Louis, Vouvray, Chenin Blanc's his main thing. But then he has wines from Touraine, which is the larger region around Mont Louis, Vouvray. He has a Sauvignon Blanc. He has a red blend that is a blend of Malbec and Gamay and Pinot Noir, Groyot. He has a rosé and he has this Gamay. That this is the third vintage that he's made, the Gamay. And so these are a little bit younger vines, but he farms them the same way. And it's awesome because it's a way for people to just try this fantastic producer for not you know, crazy prices. We love great wines that are cost-effective, affordable, approachable. It's the best. Let's talk about the main questions we ask at the end of the episode, which is wine pairing, food pairings for this particular one. You're going to say bean stew? Just get out of the well, way. Well, of course <laughs> I'm going to say bean stew. But I was also thinking like um, lots of other soups would be great too. <laughs> you know, I was thinking like a creamy potato with bacon in it. <laughs> R.I.P. Soup Plantation. Remember that great uh, restaurant? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could have just taken a bottle there and just really gone to town. That would be awesome. Yeah. But I also think, of course, your classic roast chicken, this would be great with that too. What other fall foods do you love? I saw a mushroom vendor at the farmer's market today. I feel like something with mushrooms probably makes a lot of sense with this one. Fabulous. Thank you. Fabulous. Even like salmon with mushrooms. This will be like just beautiful with that. Okay. Can we find this wine at Esther's and can we find this wine at other wine stores throughout the country? And if not, how would you steer our listeners to find a wine that would be similar to this? I know you can find this in New York. I know you can find this in lots of parts of California. There's more production of this than some of his other wines, but it's still limited. But like good small wine shops may have this. Or if they don't have this wine, they might have a wine from Francois Chaudin. So look for that. Ask for that. 
We'll put the wine label on Instagram, but can you spell the last name just so we know? Shaden, if you can't understand my fabulous accent. Pronunciations are the best with Catherine. (laughs) C-H-I-D-A-I-N-E. Francois and his awesome wife, Manuela. They're just doing cool stuff. And if they can't find this wine, would you say that... Gamay's from Loire are prevalent. I mean, do you would you look for Gamay's in other parts of France? How would you look for a wine that was sort of appropriate this similar wine we're talking about tonight? I think I would look for, yeah, Gamay from other parts of France would be fun. A Gamay from the Loire Valley could be fun, and you could get that at a small wine shop. Absolutely. Again, it's a lighter red, but it can have that dark fruit that you want this time of year. You know, Beaujolais is coming up here for Thanksgiving. That's our big hit. So we're going to try Gamay's from other parts of France now. We're hitting fall. It's the perfect time to get into some light red wines. Chilled or, or not, maybe not, no chill on this. It's just fine. It's good right now, but you could put a little chill on it if you wanted. But it's very fun to drink this wine with you tonight and have some more sort of dark fruit but leaner red wines together and you're right about this one we will drink the whole bottle tonight as we celebrate our saturday night here on our new sofa he's sitting so awkwardly <laughs> as soon as we wrap i'm definitely moving over to the, the dining room table and i can see you sweating over there i know <laughs> it's true all right let's get to the last portion of the evening which is what has been inspiring us this week i'm gonna go first i've talked about golf many times in this podcast i'm gonna talk about golf again this is weird but stick with me on this. It reminds me of the international aspect of wine. There is an app called Skillist, which is an app that if you download it, put on your phone, opens you up to a world, international world of golf professionals that are ready and willing to help you improve your game. This is not an advertisement. I use this. I'm inspired by it because it makes me think of what's possible with apps and teaching. So what you can do is you click on a golf pro that you may follow on Instagram or however you find them, Facebook or whatever, and they show you what their rates are and they show you like a, an example of what how they teach. And you say, great, I want to sign up for a lesson. And then you do it, you send a video in of your swing and they review it, break it down and send it back to you with ways to improve. And I, I use two guys on that app. I use Alex Clapp, who lives in Southwest England. And I, li- I work with Alex Riggs, who lives in Dubai. That's crazy to me. So cool. Yeah, and I also have uh, you know John Ray Leary who, who works in LA. I have three guys sort of helping me become a better golfer. But the fact that you have the ability to connect with people internationally via this app to improve something that you're passionate about, I think is so exciting. And so if you have some money that you want to help create a new app with me, DM me at Tug Coker on Instagram and Twitter because I would love to do something with this about in the arts world. I think that's just so interesting. Like you work with a creative arts teacher that can they can be your one-on-one instructor and it doesn't have to be in person. I just find this very in vogue, especially what we're going through with a pandemic. The fact that I'm like leaning on and having good conversations with people who live in Southwest England and Dubai, I just find super inspiring and fascinating and just kind of opens the door to me of what, what's possible with technology and teaching. So sorry I had to talk about golf again, everyone out there. I know you're tired of me talking about it, but this was... A cool little kernel to me. And if you're a, the Skillist founder, which I think is in Australia, and you're listening, congratulations on a great product. I'm a happy, happy subscriber. Catherine, what do you have? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm kind of on the other side of that Uh-oh, tonight. Oh, analog. <laughs> um, just last week, 
I started meeting in person with all the sommeliers from the Rustic Canyon family. The sommeliers are wine directors for each of the restaurants. And we are now tasting together and meeting with distributors once a week, winemakers and tasting as a group. And it has been so fantastic. I just can't even say. I haven't done that for 18 months. I've just been tasting either by myself really quickly or out of tiny bottles or whatever. But to be in a group setting with some people that I really respect and admire has been such a privilege. Chloe at Birdie G's, Mariana at Casilla, Catherine Spencer at Rustic Canyon, Austin at Milo and Olive, and sometimes other folks that they're bringing, Vi at Esther's, Randall at Esther's. It's just been such a pleasure to taste with other people and have a dialogue about a wine and our impressions of it and hear the story from someone who knows it more intimately. It's just like kind of what I love about what I do. And so that has reignited that that love, being in community with people in face-to-face community. Well, that's the inspiration of the week to me is is developing community two ways, one via technology and one being old school, gather around the table. You got to do it somehow. I think that's what we're saying. You still got to communicate. You got to hang out. Yeah. And you do that through wine. That's what we're doing tonight. We're celebrating and enjoying each other's company through wine, enjoying your company. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything else you want to say, Catherine, before we wrap it up? Well, the thing about wine is there's just other kinds of conversations that happen when you share wine. It's always a great thing. Reminds me of a shout out to our friend Becky Wasserman. That's why we did that great night in France on the trip that you took to Loire. That was a part of that magical uh, run we had back in 2014. And one day, soon, you and I will be back in France. We will. We're taking our kids? Yeah. Going to have to. Yeah. I see no other way. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to leave them with our parents, that's for sure. Let's just, we'll get a house over there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and an au pair. Win the lottery, baby working on it all right that's it that's it for episode 71 of the long finish episode 71 is in the books thank you to everyone for listening to the show one more time if you have a chance to rate review and subscribe to our show mean a lot to us Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media find us on instagram find me at Catherine wild coker and the long finish at the long finish we're sometimes on Facebook, but go to Instagram. Every week on our Instagram, we post the episode and the picture of a bottle of the wine. If you ever want to find that bottle, you can go to our Instagram page, search through it, look for it, and ask if we have it, or somewhere in your local wine store may have that wine. So be sure to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at Tug Coker. You can follow me on Twitter at Tug Coker. Thank you to everyone for listening to the show. Have a great start to your fall. Have a great week. We'll be back in probably two weeks with another episode. Until then, be healthy, be happy, and happy drinking. Ciao.